All right. So why don't we start with why do, in your own time, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself? All right, cool. Uh, well, my name's Renee, uh, Renee Sanchez. I'm originally from Antonio, Texas, and uh, my wife and I relocated up here about uh, going on four years ago. Uh, we bought a place out here in Graham, and um, uh, the first year we got here uh, is the first year we attended SideFest, mm-hmm. and um, uh, I've been going back ever since. That was uh, uh, my first year as an attendee. I hadn't uh, um, um, moved up to the uh, rank of vendor yet. I didn't do that until the following year. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So yeah. So so talk about that. Like what what uh, what. Uh, drew you to Cybefest, uh, which again will be happening uh, this Saturday, uh, July 27th at the Kent Commons Community Center. What uh, what drew you there to begin with? Well, I mean, I've always been a, a big Transformers fan. I started out uh, uh, watching a lot of anime when I was really young. Uh, one of the first shows that I really got turned on to was uh, Battle of the Planets, uh, which is... Uh, uh, it's uh, known as Gachiman in, in mm-hmm. Japan, and uh, science team Gachiman. And uh, that's kind of the thing that kind of uh, started me off. Um, and a- after that, I just kind of got into uh, anything Japanese, Japanese-related, Shogun Warriors, um, uh, Speed Racer, um, Godzilla. I'm, I'm a huge Toho freak. Oh, um, cool. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've been uh, collecting movies and memorabilia practically my entire life. I'm 45 now, Mm -hmm. and I started right around five years old. Very cool. And, you know, quick uh, side tangent, you know, before, you know, we'll get to talking about uh, Transformers in a few here. But um, obviously, I'm sure you saw the news coming out of San Diego Comic-Con that uh, that the Russo brothers of, uh, you know, Marvel's Avengers fame will be uh, uh, producing and possibly directing a uh, Battle of the Planets uh, uh, feature. Did you see that? Yeah, I saw a little bit on it. I didn't read the entire uh, article, but that kind of like piqued my interest. I was like, wow. I mean, I know a few years ago, um, TBS, I think they were the original uh, holders of the copyright for the American distribution Mm -hmm. of uh, Battle of the Planets and Eagle Riders and all that stuff. They tried to do a couple of soft reboots, but nothing came came of it. So seeing the Russo brothers attached to something like that, that's going to be amazing. Yeah, I mean that's that's an incredible pedigree. I mean, I mean, and and basically they they can write their own check in Hollywood. They could do whatever they want, and I think it's really cool that they're uh, focusing on a a beloved but also kind of obscure property. You know, like a, you know, I was like, just gonna say that. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, there's people, there's there's quite a few people that are aware of it, but they don't really know a lot about it. Um, Recently, I think it was last year for Christmas, my wife got me the uh, Gachiman Blu-ray box set. Nice. And that thing is just, oh, the the transfer on that is beautiful. Um, I suggest anybody who's even got an inkling to, to learn about it, pick that thing up. Very cool. So let's uh 
so let let's turn uh, uh, the topic back to uh, Transformers and uh, Sidefest for just a minute here. Uh, so you uh, you mentioned earlier that you've uh, uh, when uh, you were first checking out Sidefest Northwest, uh, you came into it as a fan and as a convention goer, but then um, eventually rose to the rank. You know, unlocked the achievement of uh, becoming a vendor, and uh, you know, uh, uh, I. I I don't have it in front of me, but you, so your, your vendor, what, what's the name of your vendor table? Oh, I go by the name of atomic mariachi robot. That's what it was. I, I knew it was something really cool, but I just uh, happened to didn't. I had too many tabs open. I was like, oh, I don't have it in front of me. But uh, um, so yeah, so kind of talk about uh, some of the stuff you have and and what it's like uh, uh, being a being a vendor at Sidefest. Oh man, it, uh, the, when I started vending. Um, here, Sidefest was the first show that I I, I got a table at, um, and I've been going for the last three years as a vendor, and I've been. It's one of those things. It's the highlight for me for the entire season uh, is is that Sidefest show. Uh, I've done a couple for the um, uh, Fantasticon and uh, what's the other one? Uh, the Greater Seattle uh, Toy Show. Right. But those are all great shows, but. My favorite, the one that brought me into the fold, is always going to be Sidefest. Uh, I'm always going to have a love for that show, mainly because of my love of Transformers, my love of all things Japanese. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm always going to be there. Uh, if not as a vendor, I'm definitely going to be there every year as a, as a, a supporter and uh, uh, and just a, just a general fan, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's a great place to go this year. They just announced, uh, well, I won't say just, but it's been part of the uh, uh, um, uh, feature for this year is uh, um, uh, David Kay, um, the voice of Megatron from Beast Wars and Beast Machines, and uh, the dragon from uh, uh, The Night Begins to Shine from the Teen Titans Go show. Oh, there you uh, go. Yeah. I love that guy. I love his voice. Uh, I've been a big fan of David Kay since, uh, well, j- since Beast Wars. Um, sure. You know, uh, um, it, it's one of those things that it, it occurred during a time when we were having a serious Transformers drought. There really wasn't any real product until Beast Wars came back out. Mm-hmm. And they kind of went back to the basics there as far as the engineering and the toys and it was it was just an amazing time to be a fan of transformers and then to have this really great story to go along with the figures that were coming out at the time yeah definitely and and again that uh uh, David Kay's performance in those media, you know, it, it's it's just so iconic. All you got to do is hear a yes, and it's you yes. know, it's it's. I mean, it, it's just iconic <laughs> as I as iconic as any of the G one stuff, and it's uh, yeah. You you can, you you listen to like Frank Welker or um, uh, oh my God, I, Peter Cullen. Uh, Peter Cullen, yeah. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. I'm you there listen with to you. those voices. You know who they are. You right. know the characters. Same thing goes with David Kay. It's like um, one time I was reading an art book somewhere about character design, character development. When you see the silhouette, when you hear the voice, mm-hmm. and you know who the characters that they're attached to, then you know. Then you've got something iconic. 
you've got something that's going to be around people are going to remember for the rest of their lives. And David Kay is one of those voices. You'll never forget it. He's always going to be Beast Wars Megatron for a lot of people. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, uh, springing off of that, uh, you, we were talking about uh, how this year's Sidefest is going to be bigger and better than than ever before. I mean, it's like I, I went last year and, and it was a cool show. And, you know, uh, it was great getting to know um, a lot of folks in the Pacific Northwest uh, uh, Transformers collecting community. But this is like, you know, it it's it's a full blown convention. I mean, there's there, yeah. there there's panels. There's a really great guest. Um, I mean, it's like everything is stepped up in such a big, bad way, so much so to where there's even so many activities where folks kind of have to kind of choose what they want to do. You know, kind of that same legislation we all do when we go to conventions. And that's it's it's crazy exciting. Yeah. You know, I I remember last year and I remember the previous at least the last three years. And this year is I mean, I I'm kind of blown away by by the the sure power that's going behind this particular show, uh, and it, it's only going to get better from here. At least I hope it does. Um, but you know, uh, I, I'm thinking that this is probably going to be one of my last years as a vendor. Uh, I got a real job, you know. Got to be adult now. <laughs> of course, of course. Uh, but uh, so that's kind of cutting into my uh, ability to, you know, get out there and you know look for deals and stuff for resale and things like that. But I'm always going to be going there, and to to have been there before it got big and to see it grow, it, it's it's a really special thing. It's it's kind of like watching your kids grow up. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's a, that's a really good uh, uh, analogy with that. And uh, so, so let me ask you. And you know, we were kind of you know talking about uh, this being one of your uh, possibly your last uh, uh, turns at being a vendor. Um, what uh, what kind of stuff do you got on the table this year? What's uh, what's Atomic Mariachi Robot uh, got in store for uh, folks coming to Sidefest looking for some uh, uh, really cool stuff? Well, uh, I've got a lot of the uh, uh, current stock of um, uh, Siege, uh, War for Cybertron. I got quite a few pieces of that. Uh, I've got some uh, Combiner Wars and Power of the Primes. Um, what I think makes my table a little bit different, a little special, uh, I try to stock stuff that's uh, not necessarily specifically Transformers, but definitely has the uh, um um that home that japanese feel to it yeah. uh like i said before i'm a huge godzilla fan one of my uh, uh priorities was trying to get more uh vinyl softy uh, uh uh action figures and toys out there but it's getting really difficult nowadays to find that really quality uh merchandise mm-hmm. to put up on the table for the resale market, uh, especially when I want to keep it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I would imagine, see, because I, me personally, I'm still kind of like in the, I, I haven't even gone full collector yet. It's like, you know, it's like I, I, I kind of see pieces as they come to me and I'm like, oh, okay, I'll pick that up. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So, so I, I haven't even gone full into that. And I think, um, you know, so it so it's still kind of difficult for me to imagine going from like collector to vendor to where it's like you know you're you're 
fighting with yourself almost for like what goes into the personal collection versus what you flip and turn and sell and you know kind of keep the stock exciting for folks to uh uh you know come to the table and and wheel and deal and buy stuff as well that's that's gotta be that that was the big thing uh and me and my wife had had decided uh when we first started doing it, hey, this is a really good way for me to thin out my collection, really <laughs> prioritize what I'm going to keep, because everything that I get, some of it I kind of fall out of love with. Sure. And uh, I, I, I was just amassing this huge collection, and a lot of it was just not going to be displayed or I wasn't going to do anything with. Mm-hmm. So we both decided, well, she does her collecting, too. She's got her own specific things. She loves My Little Pony, nice. Snoopy, um, uh, uh, Game of Thrones, and stuff like that. So we decided we'd go through our own personal collections, curate it, and just kind of set uh, uh, separate the wheat from the chafe <laughs> yeah. yeah. and uh, just really focus on what we wanted in our collections and then everything else was going to get go to resale well you get to a certain point when you've almost sold everything you're going to get rid of out of your own personal stock and then have to dis- make a determination whether or not you're going to go full on and start getting, you know, uh, uh, local retail and, uh, you know, the domestic stuff, or, you know, are you going to go and start really getting some of that high-end stuff? I don't like to carry a lot of the high-end stuff only because price is a real big factor, especially when you're going to these shows. Um, You've got a lot of people going in there. They've only got a certain amount of money that they're willing to spend, and a lot of people like to make a deal. Course. So I like to do a lot of secondhand stuff um, for that reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I've got tons of that stuff, too. Um, and uh, it, it's kind of one of those things. It, it's a fine line because you don't want your table to end up looking like just your average garage sale or flea market. Sure. You know, you really want to focus on what the show's offering and uh, make sure that you're catering to that fan base because those are the people that are coming to the show. They expect a certain quality and they expect a certain, uh, um, aesthetic when they go there. Yeah. Yeah, that that makes sense. And you know, I I, I remember I I uh, came by your table last year when I, when I was at Sidefest uh, as I was breezing through, and I I think you nailed it because like you have a really good variety of uh, packaged brand new stuff, but also some like you know really cool, uh, you know like uh, maybe hard to find you know secondhand type of stuff. It's a it's a very yeah, good and variety. There's always the third party, the uh, the uh, fourth party knockoffs. And, you know, in knowing the difference of what you have and what you're trying to offer people, and then at the same time, trying not to, you know, throw sand in their eyes and make them think they're buying something that, you know, you want to be forthcoming and make sure they know what you're selling. And, you know, it's it's all about being above board and making sure that the, the customer knows what they got. And that's that's kind of I feel I have a responsibility, especially when you're dealing with the third party and fourth party stuff. Right. Um, of making sure that you know, your customers that are coming to your table, they're giving you their hard earned cash. 
they know exactly what they're buying from you. And there's some kids, you know, they'll come in, they'll they'll look at this really expensive piece. I hesitate to try to sell that to them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'll talk to their parents or whatever, and you know, I'll try to, you know, get them to understand that that not that may not necessarily be the best purchase for that particular person, given what we're doing there. You know, um, it, it's it's about you know doing right by them and you know just giving them a little information too. Absolutely. Well, and that that's something that I've started to learn over uh, uh, the last few years. I, I'm I'm kind of like lapsed in uh, uh, Transformers collecting. It's like I've always I, I've been a fan of the fiction. Like, you know, I, I go back with the comic books all the way to the Dreamwave era. So it's like, yeah. you know, I followed it through Dreamwave and all through IDW. But I I um never really I, I dropped out with the toys so they I would see them kind of like in Fred Meyer when I would go and I'd be like oh those are kind of cool but I never really uh got into it and third party was something that I had zero awareness about up until like three years ago and I was like oh there's like this entire arm of um adult high-end premium collecting that I had no idea about and then yeah you like you said you get into like you know fourth party and KOs and and it's it, it's it it's hard sometimes I think to kind of steer kids the right direction because yeah. you know a lot of those third party figures it's it's meant to be a premium adult collectible so like you know uh those swords can be really sharp and you know yeah. there's there's a lot of stuff that's that's you know not to put too fine a point on it not really safe uh uh for yeah. kids and to say nothing about you know KOs because you know a lot of that stuff uh you know probably comes from China it's maybe rotten with lead paint or whatever but <laughs> um but but a lot of those it's like you know um uh and and please correct me if i'm wrong but i think like a lot of like you know KOs especially like masterpiece KOs they're kind of made more for like this is your display version you know it's like you know yeah. you put it in robot mode you set it on a shelf and you never touch it ever again because if you go to transform it it's probably gonna shatter uh if, if oh, you try yeah, to play totally, with it totally um i have two uh um KL Masterpiece Sideswipes for that reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I like to... Sideswipes one of my favorite G1 characters. Um, I loved him, the Red red Lambo, but I also loved him in bot mode. So mm-hmm. to, I, I, I want to have him in a specific display situation, which means having him in car mode, having him in bot mode, and being, you know, I, I'm cool with it. I'm not going to transform him. I pose him, you know, I'll do my photography with him yeah. and then I'm happy. I'll put him away. When I, when I get that itch again, I'll pull him out and I'll take some more pictures. Um, and, and that's kind of what you need to do because, uh, some of these, like you said, these, these, uh, fourth party KOs, uh, and such are the quality isn't there. Right. And you know, it, it, it is a, uh, more affordable alternative, uh, but at the same time, you get what you pay for. Exactly. So if, if you're not aware of, of, you know, the kind of product that you're getting, a lot of times you're going to be really disappointed. Uh, and I really tried to educate myself on the kind of third-party pieces I'm getting uh, for resale, the kind of KOs, because there is a market out there for mm-hmm. them. Uh, I'm one of the guys that buys KOs because... I can't afford a $2,000 mitten box G1 Optimus Prime. Right. 
you know. Um, I'm perfectly happy with having a, a, a really good-looking Chinese KO of that same figure. It's on my shelf, and it remind it gives me the same feeling I had when I was 10 years old and I got that figure. Exactly. I, I, I know exactly you know? what you mean. And yeah, some of those uh, knockoffs are, you know, reasonable enough facsimiles. And, you know, th- this is kind of like a different thing, but I, 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 I dig on crazy knockoffs. The ones where they, they're like, you know, yellow Constructicons that, you know, or, or, <laughs> yeah. or, or things like that. Um, yeah. I, I, I like the really obscure ones that, that are, that are just bonkers. Um, so, uh, so with that, we were kind of talking about uh, you know certain things that we have and collect. Uh, there is a collector spotlight of you as uh, Magnus von Braun uh, out there on the uh, Sidefest Northwest uh, uh, Facebook page, and um, I was wondering if you want to talk about your uh, collection at all because I you know just in the, in the photo that's up there's a there's a great many pieces in there. I was wondering if you want to call out anything uh, specific that's uh, that's especially uh, special. Oh man. And that's a good question. And it's, I, I don't really, honestly, I don't know that I have an answer for it. Um, I will say every piece that I get when I get it is my new favorite piece. Oh, that's cool. Um, <laughs> and and it, it's like that for a few days. I'll take my, my pictures. Um, I've got literally thousands of photographs of pictures on my Facebook page and in my Instagram uh, of stuff that I just take all the time. It's not just Transformers. I'm a really big uh, collector of three and three quarter inch action figures, you know, like your classic Star Wars, um, uh, your X-Men lines. um, What else? Uh, um, And then anything really, really obscure. like um, my, my original three and three quarter Battlestar Galactica, my mm-hmm. Black Hole Vincent figure. Um, uh, I'm huge into robots, so uh, I've got literally 75 astromech droids from Star Wars. Oh my gosh, that's awesome! And then, yeah. uh, and then I also saw you've got a whole bunch of uh, Microman that that you put up on your on your page, also. Yeah. Oh, I just recently got into Microman. I've always known about it. I've always had an awareness Mm -hmm. of it. It isn't until recently that I really started getting into collecting. Um, I did have two pieces when I was really young. I had an original Mego Biotron and a Mego Battle Station. Uh, And I don't know whatever came of those. I know they, they're lost to the winds of my youth. Uh, <laughs> but um, the, uh, I did recently, uh, uh, last year, pick up a reissue of Robot Man, which is basically Biotron. Okay. And uh, it, it's one of the um, uh, crowning uh, achievements of my collection. Uh, I have since started troop building Biotrons. I have about five junkers that I put together. Uh, so <laughs> That's awesome. I, I be, I be, I've become 
fairly obsessed with my micro collection. Uh, to tell you, <laughs> yeah. that's that's really cool. That's really cool. I'm excited to hear that because I I know a lot of folks out there, uh, you know, are super into uh, Microman, which you know is basically like a, a cousin of Microchange, you know, which obviously yeah. was kind of like you know a a uh, um, uh, before Transformers, Transformers, you know, along with uh, with the Diaclone. Um, yeah, Diaclone and Microchange. I mean, they did a whole episode on it on uh, uh, the Toys That Made Us, yep. which is an excellent show, by the way. It, it, um, it is. It's really great. It's very, very um, cool. But, uh, um, you know, I love the connection. And for me, that is 90% of the love of Micro from Transformers. Because to me, it's part of the same family. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, it's very interplayable. And it, it's just, it's so... It feels special when I have my G1 blaster and perceptor with my uh, uh, some of my micro figures because they belong together. That that is the scale they're supposed to be. Yeah, and it's real. It's really interesting just to see them and to see how perceptor has a third uh, secret uh, mode that we didn't know about here in the states. He's got little treads on him yep. uh, that make him look like a tank. You you transform him. And he can fit a microman into uh, uh, into him to make him uh, a pilot. Yeah, because like his chest flips down, and when you transform him, it's kind of like a cockpit. You know, kind of yep. kind of similar to like uh, the Dinobots and the Execticons, where you know those little compartments was you know uh, not where to put your contraband. It was to put a little uh, a microman figure in there. There was yeah, supposed to be uh, cockpits. That's, actually, that's from the Diaclone line, exactly, which are the small uh, little uh, barely one inch figures. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, Microchange and Diaclone. I mean, it, it's so interwoven with the entire mythos of transformers mm-hmm. uh, you can't have them with you know one without the other in my opinion exactly exactly and i think that's what makes uh the history of the transformers so interesting is that you know it was all of these different uh toy lines that hasbro just happened to license from japan cobbled them all together uh and you went to the marvel comics folks and they're like uh can you like make a fiction out of all this and yeah it's it's babadiansky absolutely he was a genius he he really he he He's responsible for my love of Transformers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am a huge G1 uh, Marvel Comics fan. That, that comic book, uh, I had a subscription from issue 6 all the way to issue 80. And I still Sweet. have, uh, I was missing maybe 10 issues, which over the uh, course of the last couple of years, I have completed and I have a complete run. Almost, I would probably say 90% of that run are the original books that I had on subscription mm-hmm. when I subscribed directly to Marvel. That's, wow, That that is really cool. And, you know, some of those uh, late run books were kind of hard to find because, you know, the book was kind of on its way out. So print oh, yeah, runs were totally. pretty low. And, uh, yeah, I mean, like issue 80 in particular is really tough to find at a decent price it's a that's an expensive yeah, it, book yeah i think that one i have actually two copies of sweet very cool um yeah. 
so uh so moving on there there were a, a couple other things i wanted to uh wanted to ask you about before uh before we close out here and uh obviously you can check out uh magnus von braun at his atomic mariachi robot table at Cybefest northwest again that is this saturday uh july 27th at the kent commons community center doors open for general admission at 11 and if you had the opportunity to pre-register uh you can get in at 10 and and again, tons of uh, cool activities. Sibefestnw.com uh, is the website. So uh, the the full schedule has been printed, including when uh, when you can see uh, Scott and his Bumblebee car and all the panels and all of the other uh, cool stuff. It's going to be an incredible show. Uh, but uh, um, I, so I wanted to ask you, uh, kind of switching gears a little bit, when. Um, uh, like I had mentioned, I had uh, a buzzed by the Atomic Mariachi table uh, at Cybefest uh, last year. And one of the things that that really uh, kind of burned it into my memory is you had a, you had a little portable DVD player and you were you were showing Transformers the movie on a loop. <laughs> and I, uh, I I I for one, because I mean, anybody that knows me knows that Transformers the movie is my jam so much so to where I'm going to be doing a. A, uh, uh, Transformers the movie panel to uh, close out Cybefest, uh, but yeah, that 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 just that just brought a real smile to my face, and and there was a couple times where I had to tell myself, okay, well, I need to move on because I caught myself just watching the movie. <laughs> oh man, you know what? I feel real bad because uh, one of our fellow vendors, uh, I'm going to give a shout out to yeah. uh, Mahalo Mike. Uh, I love the guy. I yeah. love him to death. And I I had that uh, movie on, on a loop yep. all day. Uh, and he made mention that uh, uh, I, I forced because he was sitting right across from, right. from us at the show. So he would see every uh, hour, uh, every hour and a half, he'd see Optimus Prime die. Oh man! Well, and, and it's a short movie too, so that happens a lot. <laughs> I know, and, and you know, he didn't mention anything until you know afterwards on Facebook. He made a little joke about it, and I felt, oh man, I, I, I really, I'm gonna really have to change it up this year. <laughs> I haven't quite decided what I'm gonna play. Uh, I may end up bringing one of my uh, um, Japanese box sets, like Headmasters or Victory, and just put put that one on. <laughs> See how it goes. That would be a lot of fun because there's there's a whole lot of folks that haven't seen a lot of that material. Um, yeah, so yeah, that, that would I'm be a thinking, cool choice. I'm thinking. Uh, what do you think? Headmasters, Victory, or what was the other one? Zone. Um, Master Force? Oh yeah, yeah, the Super God Master Force. Um, Super God Master Force. I, uh, me personally, if you're looking for my advice, I would go Headmasters because that's that's still G1 flavored. You know, it's like you've got you know uh, the mostly season three cast uh, uh, still running around, and then kind of. After that, when we go into uh, Super God Master Force and and obviously a, a victory, and then later Zone, um, it, yeah. it gets it 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 turns into just straight on anime, and it's yeah. uh, it gets really crazy. It's it's great. It's really cool stuff. But yeah, it's it'd be one of those things where it would get people to kind of turn their heads. It's like, wait a minute, that's what the heck? That's that's Rodimus Prime. But I I've I've never seen this episode. What is this? So yeah. So yeah, and there's so much story that happens in Headmasters. 
Uh, I'm not going to give any spoilers, but uh, I mean, it, it can get really intense in, yes. in, in that particular series. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, it, it is, and again, that that's why I like it. And you know, maybe one of these days we'll get a we'll get a decent uh sub or at least a decent dub um of uh of those. But um, yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> um, yeah, right. Yeah, but uh, so so uh, changing topics just a little bit before uh, uh before we wrap up here, um. One of the one of the things that I noticed when I was uh, uh, connecting with you on social media after uh, Sidefest Northwest is you uh, uh, you're really into music and and specifically metal. You were doing something I, I forget what it was off the top of my head, uh, but you you were hosting like a a metal show on on like uh, internet radio, and I was wondering if oh uh, man that was last year I totally yeah. forgot about that that was on uh, Gimme Radio. Um, I was doing a, uh, a one-shot um, progressive uh, symphonic metal show. Yeah. Uh, basically, they wanted to test the waters and, and see how well it went over. Um, I got a, a really big response, but I don't know that uh, enough people responded well to it that they wanted to make it a, a, a regular feature on that uh, radio show. Uh, it's a really great uh, internet radio. It's free. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, I, have been a member of Gimme Radio for, I want to say year and a half, almost two years now. Oh, very cool. Um, so yeah, I was just wondering if you wanted to, uh, pop any of that open. Is there, you know, particular music that, that you're passionate about or influences you? Anything, uh, anything you want to shout out on that side? Well, you know, uh, I love all, almost any kind of music. Uh, there's very few genres that, uh, I'm not really uh, um, averse to uh, rap is kind of my kryptonite. I don't really groove on rap too much, but uh, you know, I grew up in San Antonio, Texas and um, there's a big underground scene there, or there was when I, when, when I was very young, I grew up with listening to uh, uh, radio personalities like uh, Joe Anthony, the, um, uh, Lyle and Han. Um, these were all uh, uh, Debbie Alcacer, the Electric Lady. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, if it wasn't for that cat, we wouldn't necessarily have gotten the exposure of the new wave of British metal at the right. time. Um, so metal for me is where it's at. That's what I've been listening to pretty much my whole life, and mm-hmm. it cradled a grave for me. Awesome. Very cool. So uh, this this has been an absolute pleasure, uh, you know, kind of getting to know you a little better and uh, hearing about uh, the cool festivities that will be happening at uh, Sidefest this Saturday and, of course, the uh, Atomic Mariachi uh, Robot Table, uh, where uh, where this this might be your last run. So, you know, if you want to if you want to get, uh, you know, some really cool stuff, uh, you definitely got to make it to the uh, Kent Commons Community Center. Um, on Saturday, and before we part ways for now, uh, could you let folks know where they can connect with you on the internets and the social medias, and anything else that uh, that you would like to uh, shout out, and anything you'd like to promote? Oh, sure. Um, uh, check me out at Magnus von Braun at uh, Facebook, and uh, on Instagram, Magnus von Braun six six six. 
<laughs> That's so metal. I love it. And actually, let me, I, I apologize for for interrupting, but um, uh, where where does that where does the name come from, Magnus von Braun? Because that's you know. Well, um, actually, it goes back to my love of science and rocketry. Uh, have you ever heard of the man named uh, Werner von Braun? Yes, but I can't tell you what his claim to fame was. It's like it's like the name he, sounds familiar. He was an Axis power scientist who defected to the United States. Oh. And it, he was the one responsible for the V2 rocketry science that was going on at the time. Without that man, uh, NASA wouldn't necessarily exist in the form we know it today. Wow. Um, his full name, I believe, was Werner Magnus von Braun. Ah. And... Um, <laughs> There's a lot of history there, um, especially for people who are really interested in science. Um, When we went over there during World War II, when we got him and a whole cadre of uh, um, Axis power scientists, we brought them over to the United States, and they became part of our uh, think tank uh, science divisions here in the States. And... um, uh, there, there's a lot of interesting stories behind that. Um, as far as the science goes, he's kind of the godfather of modern rocketry, as we know it. Um, and with, without his influence and, and research, we wouldn't necessarily be where we are today uh, as far as the technology goes. That's really cool. Very amazing history. I I didn't know any of that. That's really cool. I I appreciate you sharing. Um, oh no, you know, I always encourage people to educate themselves. You know, that's what the, you know. One of the things we we fail to forget, uh, the internet is vast and there's tons of resources there. Uh, we just gotta you know mine it and use it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Educate yourself. I, I really appreciate that message. Well, uh, again, this is this has been an absolute blast. Uh, you know, really, really enjoyed getting to know you and hearing all about all of the cool stuff and things. And uh, before I let you go, um, any uh, any parting thoughts you'd like to to throw out there? Uh, the only thing I'll, I'll say is this. Uh, I can't wait for Saturday to come around. Y'all come by, see my table, uh, Tom and Mariachi Roll, and I can't wait to see everybody there. Very cool. Yeah, it's 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 going to be so great. It's going to be really, really cool. I cannot wait for Saturday. I agree with you. Well, uh, uh, thank you so much for taking the time to jump on uh, the podcast with me, and we will see you on Saturday. All right, Mike. Thank you. You're welcome. Have a great night, and we'll, uh, we'll talk to you, you later. You brother. You've heard what Mike thinks. Now tell him what you think on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Mike Cyber Radio. It's a it's a it's a great day to be talking to folks about Cybefest. I I just got off with uh, with Magnus von Braun, and we're uh, yeah. So yeah, it's just it's just really exciting uh, getting all hyped up for uh, for Cybefest happening this Saturday. Oh yes, I'm I'm ready for it and. What- can't wait to get it all started. Excellent. Well, um, so as uh, as we go, uh, why don't you go ahead and start off by introducing yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Um, my name is Michael Robinson. I am known it, when I do the selling at Sidefest. I'm known as I run a little business called Mahalo Mike's Blind Bag Bonanza. 
basic premise of this of the idea is I take bag I take figures that I have in my collection that I just for one reason or another don't see in my want to be in my collection anymore, and I blind bag them for an extraordinarily low price and let people randomly pick. They could be worth the price that they paid, or usually usually a lot more. Um, I am been a collector of what I call big freaking robots because I don't collect just Transformers. Okay. <clears throat> I, um, I, I got old school Godakin and Chogokin figures. Um, I have Iron Giant figures because, let's be honest, Iron Giant is one of the best films ever made. Absolutely. Um, Gobots, Macross, um, Big Guy and Rusty the Boy Robot, and, of course, Gundam. Um, it's always been something I've ever liked ever since when I was first was first a little kid and saw the... Um, it was known in America as the Ambassador Gold, or not America, Battle of the Planets, not Battle of the Planets. Um, it's known in Japan as Ambassador Magma, but it was a live-action giant robot movie where the family of robots turned into rocket ships. Oh, okay. Went from there, yeah, I, then from there I went to a show called Force 5, which was like a couple of different Japanese giant robot film, um, anime series, recut and redubbed for American audiences. It's it's one of those things where it's like if you look at it today and you don't know about the history of it, it just makes you very cringy. But I grew up on it, so it's like a, always has a soft spot in my heart. But I, as I said, it's something I've always liked. I like the idea of robots, especially ones that can change shape, because it's like what they what someone once said on a commercial. It's like you get two toys in one. Yeah, and I've always just been, I've always been fascinated by how well an engineer a figure is. So that, that's the, and I, I currently, um, I have a study filled with figures, although not as filled right now as it has been in the past. <laughs> and I work on the railroad and generally try to do my best to be a good person and be good to others as well. Very cool. Well, well, I, Honestly, Mike, I, I'm really excited to talk to you because, like, like you and I have had like a, a couple different uh, connections here and there, but haven't really had the opportunity to like actually like hang out and get to know each other and 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 you know just chat. Um, I, I remember famously, I, I ran into you at uh, TFCon LA. Um, I think you were just coming out of the pool, and I was on my way to a panel. And I was like, "Oh, hey, good to see you. Okay, bye. I gotta go. I'll, I'll find you later." <laughs> Never did. <laughs> it was a it was a big con. <laughs> oh yeah, it happens. It's you know I just I was glad we were able to at least say hi to each other. And yeah. I just I I my big thing is I like to meet other people that are enthusiastic about it and just see what they like and just get to pick their brains and let them pick mine if they need to. Absolutely. Although it's not much fun to pick in my brain. <laughs> it's, it's not the biggest of things. <laughs> oh <laughs> well, let's uh, so so a couple things I want to talk about uh, with you here. So um, obviously you're going to be a uh, exhibitor, a vendor at Cybefest uh, Northwest again. That's uh, that's this Saturday, uh, the twenty seventh, and um, you know it's it's the return of Mahalo Mike's uh, big blind bag uh, bonanza. And how um, how long have you been uh, a vendor at Cybefest? This is now my second year, and because of the fact that I've pretty much have decimated my collection to, to the very be- what I consider my fairy favorites, probably will be my last one for some time. Mm-hmm. Well, and I and I oh, anyway. Well, yeah, sorry, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just, uh, well, I was going to say, it's like I, I remembered even after last year, because, I mean, 
uh, uh, Mahalo Mike's Blind Bag Bonanza was a huge hit at Cybefest last year, and I guess I hadn't realized that that was your your first year of doing it because it was just you know it was just a lot of fun at your table there, and I had remembered you saying it's like well you know I I went through pretty much all of my stuff, so yeah I guess uh you know maybe maybe this is the end of Mahalo Mike, and then like you know like like a phoenix from the ashes uh, you started posting on and off a couple months ago about like well hey you know I I found some stuff we're doing the bags and and much to the delight of you know the the pacific northwest uh transformers fan community yeah well i, I want to be quite honest a part of the reason why i decided to actually do it this year was because you kind of put the idea back in me and say hey why don't you try again i mean it was great it was fun and truth be told it is fun i i don't go into this like a lot of other sellers i like it's more about the experience though. sure i i i if I wanted to, I could probably sell almost everything I got for, uh, for, and that I sell at the convention for mm-hmm. a lot more. But I don't because it's more. I want to promote why I love this stuff, and I want to and I want people to enjoy themselves. I want people to have fun. I don't want them to think of this as an investment. I want them to think of something that they can have and play with if they want. They, they can display if they want and enjoy themselves with it. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's something you don't see very often anymore because everybody's like oh it's all about the money and it's like yeah i can get i get that but i'm more about just i want people to have fun yeah well and i think sometimes as as collectors we forget that this is a hobby and hobbies are supposed to be fun yeah i mean there's all these people i mean i'm sure you've seen on different groups sure and different get-togethers one thing people get all mad about is if there's a re-release, all of a sudden, all oh, their collection's worth nothing. And it's like, I never went into this thinking that it was an investment. I have friends of mine that freak out, I kid you not, when I open things up and pull them out. I'm one of those types. I have sure. to, in general, pull, pull the item out and play with it. There's some items I don't pull out, and it's not because I'm trying to save them for later. It's just I didn't have room for them at the time. But I wanted to make sure I got them because they were something I liked. And that's what it's about. It's about mm-hmm. enjoying. To- it's, I have more than just toy figures. I have statues. I have stuff like that. It's sure. about the enjoyment of the items. And yeah, it's fun and dandy to enjoy it ball by yourself, but sometimes you need to share it. And sometimes you need to let others enjoy in that as well. And that's what, that's where this all came from. Yeah, I because mean, I like I, I remember um, a story you had shared, uh, you know, coming out of last year's show, and I, I I don't remember what the figure was, but it was something where it was like, you know, it was like a, a, a younger person they got a blind bag and they got like like a like a super valuable third party figure, and it like turned out to be like their first third party figure. And yeah, yeah I, I can't remember what figure it was, but yeah, it, and it's stuff like that, and that's actually one of the things I've, I'm going to try to implement more this year is one of the things I want to do is I'm going to ask people if they want to, if I would, I would I'm going to ask if they want to open it up at the table mm-hmm. and if they really like it and stuff, Hey, maybe can I take a picture and I can share it with the people in several different groups and just show people having fun with this. Yeah. It, well, and, it, and it's like you hit on it, you know, it's, it's the joy of collecting and it's, yeah. it, and it's the fun of collecting, you know, that's, and, and, and what I like especially is, I mean, I, I mean, I like stuff, 
but I think I I prefer my stuff with a story. So like like for example, you know, it's like in in other episodes of my podcast, I've talked about one of the best Christmas presents I ever got was I got Fortress Maximus for for Christmas in 1987. Um, I thought the box was a Nintendo. I opened it up, turned out it was Fort Max, and still <laughs> is one of my you know uh, that and and it's because of that memory attached to it. And what I like about uh, Mahalo Mike's Blind Bag Bonanza is that you get that story and that you're you're sharing. It's like, hey, I got this uh, this third party huffer that, you know, I never knew I wanted. But, man, this is a really cool figure. And I got it out of uh, out of a blind bag at, at Cybefest and just, you know, just kind of just having that having that cool story is is just a lot of fun. Yeah, and I and I and I also will bore people with the droning stories of actually where <laughs> most of the figures I got came from. Right, and if there's a little bit of a story reason why I don't have it or why I'm not keeping it, I'll let them know if they are interested. And mm-hmm. you know, sometimes I actually succeed in entertaining them. <laughs> I, I gotta tell you, Mike, I I love your sense of humor. It's it's very droll and uh, you know and and dry wit too. I I just I I just love talking to you, and it's it, it's very similar to our interactions on uh, on social media too. It's just uh, I, I I just I love you, man. That you're awesome. Um, Thank you. I, I try to I try to you know I'm I try very hard to just bring something a little bit better to the world. Yeah, and it sounds so hokey, but the fact of the matter is, I'm one of those, you know, it's funny, I'm a little tangent if I may. Sure. I'm one of those that grew up with Mr. Rogers, Jim Henson, and all that. Yeah. And I, that, and J.P. Patches, and you know, and those people formed who I am at my core. You know, I try, I try not to be a malicious person. I try to be very open to everybody, and I believe that you should try to be good to help others be good. Mm-hmm. It, it sounds hokey. It, it sounds silly, but the fact of the matter is, that's what I believe. Yeah, I, and as as I said, I mean that that's that's as noble as it is sweet. And I think I I think we need more of that in this world. I mean, especially the way things are today, you know, um, I, uh, you know, I just, uh, I think it was just this morning. I, I watched the, uh, trailer for the, the Tom Hanks, uh, Mr. Rogers movie, the, uh, um, uh, I forget what the title of it is, but yeah, it's just like they, the, the theater owners have got to like hang, uh, hand out boxes of, uh, uh, tissues, uh, Kleenex when, uh, when, when people go to see that movie, because there's not going to be a dry eye in the house that, uh, I, I was yeah. getting choked up just watching it. Yeah. I'm going to be quite honest. This is going to be on my list of movies. I really can't watch it with anybody else unless I really, really trust them or care about them. Sure. Yeah, because... Yeah, it it looks amazing. And I just... I saw that kind of... I've been thinking about that. And as I said, I've been... There's a show, a series on YouTube that was talking about the history of Jim Henson. Yeah. And I really did not want to watch the last episode because I knew it was coming. I was... I'm old. I actually remember being in high school right before I graduated. It was actually about a month before I graduated when I heard the news. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it was weird because all these, it was, you know, you're a teenager, you're a teenager, you're a senior. Most people in the class that actually heard about it, they got teared up. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you try to be as cool as you can, but you hear something like that, someone that touched 
your life that way, you can't help it. Right. Yeah. Sorry for being modeling about that for a second. <laughs> no, no. And, and, and I appreciate you bringing that up because I, I see you posting about um, about Jim Henson and about the uh, uh, the documentary uh, quite often. So and, and that's and, and that's another one of those folks that, you know, the 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 world is just uh, just a, a little less happy now with a little less bright with uh, without folks like that in the world. Um, so let's uh, so let's let's kind of flip on the air a little bit and, and talk about okay. uh, stuff that will make folks happy. And, and uh, so there's a. Um, uh, there, there's two different styles of blind bags that uh, that Mahalo Mike will have at the table. Uh, do you uh, um, you want to talk about the the two different levels and and maybe kind of talk about the uh, without spoiling anything? Maybe like some of the type of stuff uh, that that folks might uh, encounter if they if they take the blind bag challenge. Yes, I can. I will gladly do that. There is. Much like I did last year, the opening, the, lo- the lower level bag, not quality, but price, right. is there will be $5 bags. And those are mainly, for the most part, chug size figures. But there are several that are a little bit larger than that. Um, most of those in general run between Generation 1 up to the current run of Transformers um, Hasbro lines. But there are a few third party figures, and there are, part, there are a few surprises in there that I've tried to do. As I said, I, I, in general, with, with my bags, I try not to, they may not have all their accessories 100%. Sure. I, I tend to be notoriously bad for losing missiles. <laughs> but one of the things I'm actually doing with this is I actually have been digging around, finding all my spare weapons and stuff that I don't have any, thing, any figures that I know attached to them. And I'm bringing them, and if people see a, fi- a missile that they need for a blind bag, or if they just see a missile they need for a figure that they have, feel free to grab it. You know, I'm, it's not doing anything other than gathering dust in my drawer, so mm-hmm. I might as well share it. And um, so that's what the $30 bag, or the $5 bag. Mm-hmm. The other size bag I'm having is a $30 bag, and this was became something out of necessity. Okay. Because I realized I had two options. I could put everything as a $5 bag, limit what I was going to put out there, and there are some things, our figure sets, that really probably should not be broken up. Hmm. I, I, that may be a hint mm-hmm. at what you may find. Right. Um, and so I figured, okay, if I'm going to do that, if I'm, I was going to originally, I was, I'll be honest, I was thinking maybe $50, but then I'm like, going, sure. okay, that ruins what I was trying for. And plus the fact of the matter is, if I, if I sell them for 50 and nobody buys them, no, nothing's done. Nothing changed. So I put them at $30, which I feel is a good, nice, low price, and enough for people to take a chance, but enough money to make it feel like it's worthwhile. Right. And in there, you will, there will be um, a lot, there will be bigger figures, obviously, because the size of the bags are about the size of grocery bags compared to sandwich bags mm-hmm. or lunch bags. And um, as I said, there is going to be a lot more variety in there. There will be some bags that will have, um, as I said, third parties are a very common thing. Um, again, G1 figures, some figures that are in boxes, because as I said, some figures I just wasn't able to get out of the boxes. And there's, a, as I said, a large variety. Some of them are worth more than others, which um, that's part of what makes it. Because you might get a figure that's worth about $40 or something from a $30 bag. You may get a figure that's worth possibly over 100 Wow. It's it's just... Oh, <laughs> I'm not giving away anything with that, by the way, but you may want to, again, draw your own conclusions. 
I, and here's the one. The one rule I do have that will be enforced is you can look at the bags, but you can't pick up the bags okay. before you purchase. And the reason why I did that, la- and last year what I did was I, I padded the bags to make everything look the same. Right. Because a lot of people equate weight with how much a, uh, how much a figure's value is to them. Sure. And and I, this year I decided to go the opposite and not add any padding whatsoever. So there will be some bags that are really big, full-looking, and they may be with, like I say, an Ener- a Transformers Energon figure or something, for example, because they usually had big figures. Mm-hmm. Or it could be a bag that looks like it doesn't have anything in it, and it could be, say, something from, oh, random choice, something from the Transformers Collectors Club. Whoa. Which, if you've, ever, if you've ever followed that, you know those are very hard to find, but they, don't, they aren't usually that big. But again, as I said, random choices. Um, and I just wanted, I just wanted to give people that chance. It's like, and, and as I said, okay, one of the things I'm also implementing, and I did it last year, but I'm, yeah. I'm going to make sure I tell people is that if you don't like what you pick, you can either get a reef back, get your money back and I'll put it back in a bag and put it back out there. Or you can pick again. Okay. Because it ultimately it's not me making a sale as it is. I want you to have something you may enjoy. Yeah. And, and I know there's going to be some figures that people may like, and some people won't. A, a perfect example is um, when I, do, one of the things I'm also implementing this year, I kind of started it last year, but I figured I'm going to do it proper this year mm-hmm. is what I call the blue light specials based on the old Kmart um, ad back Absolutely. way back when Kmart was around. The blue light and special. Gonna, <laughs> yes. And it's going to be basically a figure that's going to be out. And it's at a price that I that is not one of the bag prices for its own reasons. Mm-hmm. And um, there's some figures that I know people are really excited over seeing. And there's ones that are a little bit more obscure. Like, as I, again, going back to the TF Transformer Collectors Club, I have one of the last two sets they made, which was a combiner called Thunder Mayhem. Right. And he's also, he is one of the, that figure is one of the two hardest combiner sets made by Hasbro to get. And the fact is, I'm not going to be heartbroken if nobody buys it, but I'm sure people put it more proudly on display that know what it is and want it. But there's going to be Joe Bo, the average person's going to see it. So why would I want that? And right. that's what I'm trying to. That's what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to cater. I'm trying to show let people pick what they choose ultimately what they want, but it's all from my varied taste. Mm-hmm. And I I'm one of those people that doesn't collect a specific size or a specific line. There's very few lines. I are there's very few lines of figures I don't get or I don't collect. I mean, I'm not a big fan of Beast Wars, just because okay. I've always been more of a truck, not monkey type of guy. <laughs> um, but you know, I just there's figures I do have of Beast Wars or Beast Machines mm-hmm. that I do like, and it's like when I even with all the the G1 style S figures, I don't collect every figure. I don't need to be a completionist. For example. I happen to prefer Skywolf and Thrust over all the other Seekers. Okay. There's ones I'll collect some of, but it's like, you know, for example, I don't like really like Dirge or Ramjet mm-hmm. or, or Thundercracker as much. I mean, there's people that really like it. So if I have, if I put some of those in there in my, bo- in my bags, someone's going to find that and think it's the greatest thing in the world. Right. Well, and it's interesting and that's, because... And that's what it is. Yeah, well, and, and we we all in our in our various collections, you know, we all suffer from shifting tastes. 
You know, it's like I, I used to be super into this, but now I'm not. Um, I, I'm kind of finding a little bit of that uh, with myself being on the opposite end. Like I've uh, I, I've recently gotten into collecting uh, alternators from, uh, you know, like the, the early 2000s. And um, they're, they're kind of like the, this kind of sort of like forgotten line of, you know, the these licensed vehicle toys that... You know, really, I, I, I had a really great conversation uh, with some folks at uh, TFCon Toronto um, who I uh, bought a couple off of, and we were just grooving on it, saying, like, well, wait a sec, without the the engineering and official licensing uh, for alternators, you don't get to Masterpiece. You know, it's like it's kind of like a necessary step, but yet the line, because of, you know, I mean, the character choice was really weird and, and the design aesthetic is really strange. I mean, I mean, they're weird little figures, but what I've discovered is that I... I really like them. I've got like like a serious affection for them with you know like a, you know rubber tires and and again the the official licensing, which was one of the things that really drew me to um, you know Transformers to begin with. It's like I liked that the robots looked like cars. You know you could see all like the car bits on them and and you know like you know doors that flipped out into wings and I just I that's that's the design aesthetic I've always appreciated about Transformers and and uh, I I don't I don't remember how I got there. I was just a oh, uh, shifting interest. You know it's like so a lot of folks have kind of like um you know a lot of folks have alternators that are kind of sitting there in their collection collecting dust. And I'm just like, oh, I'll, I'll take those off of you at a, at a good price. So it's the, the, there, there's a weird uh, recycling nature to uh, to toy collecting. You know, it's like stuff that you've gotten tired of is probably something that, you know, maybe like a new collector or, you know, a collector looking for something different is 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 their jam, something they're into. Exactly. And before I can say what I was going to say off that, I have to say one of my favorite figures is my alternator hound. Yes. <laughs> that thing, that figure is amazing. And yeah. I mean, I know they I got the, I know they got the masterpiece figures out, but he is still the high bar I set for that big that character. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and and my favorite thing about him is that he's got um he's got uh seats for feet. He's he's got like Dr. Scholl's uh, insoles, <laughs> you know, he's, he's got, he's got padded <laughs> shoes. So yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Alternators hounds has, has some really good orthotics going on, but, but yeah, it was yeah. like, it was. And, and, and the thing that's what's cool about the alternators is they weren't all winners. Let's be honest. Um, oh yeah. There's some turds in that line. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, because of the fact I like the car and I like the figure, I have the wheel jack. Mm. Let's be honest. It's not the best of figures. But I, it's still because Wheeljack was one of the first ever G1 figures I ever had. In fact, he was the first one I ever bought. Oh, cool. Yeah, I actually have a little, one of my little displays I have in my living room. Yeah, it's not too geeky. Is I have <laughs> a, a, uh, basically a Masterpiece, a Combiner Wars, and a uh, Generation 1 version figure of Blue Streak, who was my first ever Transformer I ever saw and nice. played with. Um, Wheeljack, who was my first ever, the first ever figure I bought, and then Mirage, who was the second ever figure I bought. That's cool. And they're just they're just a little display, and people take a look. Oh, that's kind of cool. Why'd you do it this way? And I'll tell them. They're like, oh, that's actually kind of a cool idea. Yeah. So, but no, you were right about how one person's a per, you may grow out of an item, and a person may 
it may inspire someone else. And it's like one of the things I have is I have a couple friends who have little kids. And one of the things I do is I have figures that are not really overtly complex of that. I give them to them and they love them. Yeah. And, and it just, it's like, I love the fact to get to see how happy they are and excited that he's got these little robot figures and they're just like, it's the greatest thing ever. It's like, that's it. That's the idea. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, these are toys. They should be fun. <laughs> Even Yeah, it's like, it's not like these bad cube figures, except I do own two um, <laughs> that are just like, they're, they're frustrate exercises and frustrate. I want fun. I want enjoyable. Yeah. You know, as I remember the big brouhaha about the open and play Springer figure that came out that they did. And people are going, Oh, it's just a, it's this cube. It's, it's not that good. You know, it's not the best maybe to say compared to a fan toy version of the figure. But the fact of the matter is, I'm not a big Springer fan, but I find myself playing with this thing when I'm sitting on a computer waiting for something to download. Ah, okay. Just because it, it, it's, it's interesting. It's not too complex. And mm-hmm. the forms are, are fun, but just kind of hold and make little weird helicopters playing with them. <laughs> that's awesome. That that's that's really cool. And and like I said, I mean, I think sometimes as as uh, uh, jaded uh, toy collectors and fans, I think sometimes we kind of kind of lose touch on that. You know, I just uh, I, I I recently just saw uh, Toy Story four, and all of the anytime I watch one of those movies, I I'm filled with existential dread. But it's but but the thing that that reminds me is just kind of like. The uh, and this this sounds dumb, but this is kind of like you know you and I having this kind of conversation. You know, it's the it, it's just it's the magic of toys. You know, it's yeah. it, I mean there there is something transportative about a play thing that you know it, it it puts you in a different headspace and you know and and in the case of Transformers, you know it connects you with one of the most welcoming and inclusive and fun fandoms out there. Yeah, because let's be honest, for a long time, a lot of us were made fun of, and, yeah, you know, hey, now get, nowadays, it's like, people love this stuff, even though we do all tend to still hate Michael Bay Transformer figures, or movies, not the figures so much, because I actually yeah. like some of the figures. Gotcha. But no, it's just, you know, we, I'm, and I'm kidding, by the way, I'm not, I, I well, I don't really like the Bay movies, but that's <laughs> a personal preference. Um, but no, it's just the fact of the matter is, it's, they can, toys in general connect us, because, 99% of the people in the world have had some up some way or another. And they, and because of the way the world is, a lot of people probably one way or another recognize some of this stuff. Sure. And, you know, I'm, I'm not one of those types that likes to go, oh, well, you like this, but it's not that. That's not the best one. You know, hey, people like different things or like different things of the same property. Mm-hmm. You know, there are people that love the Cybertron line, for example. And there's people who like, the, as I said, Beast Wars. You know, but the fact of the matter is we still, in the end, we all still love the same thing in general. And we have stuff to talk about with it. Right. There's some rivalries and stuff, but it's more, I think in general, it's more good natured because it's like, you know, I make fun. For example, earlier, I was kind of making fun of Beast War stuff, but the fact of the matter is I may make fun of some of that stuff, but the fact people like it and I'm happy that they like that because it gives them something to talk about, gives them something to do, gives them something to have fun with. And that's all that matters. Absolutely, and and you're totally right because I I've had a very similar experience myself back when I was not 
as connected to the fandom, you know, it's like I've I've nursed a, a pretty hard grudge against those Michael Bay movies. But what I've learned is that, you know, friends that I've connected with, you know, because of like, you know, their their age or when they entered the fandom or whatever, it's like that's their jam. And I got to respect that and just be like, well, that's not my thing, but I appreciate that it's your thing. You know, it's like, you know, kind of like a, I, I've landed on on this kind of like live and let live approach that I don't think I had when I was kind of more withdrawn from the from the fandom at large. Yeah. And as I said, I I may not be the biggest fan of the movies per se. Sure. But there are several of the figures that I think are some of the best design figures that they did. I mean, a perfect example while I don't have the original version of the figure anymore from Hasbro themselves, the Hound from um, Age of Extinction was amazing. Mm-hmm. Even though I call him Bulkhead. Right, right. It was exactly. just, it, because of the way it, it just, the engineering was great to turn a vehicle that was relatively skinny and small into, into a big John Goodman-esque looking, or back in the day, John Goodman-esque <laughs> looking character. Right, right. And yeah, and it's just, Stuff like that's amazing. I liked how they made Jetfire. You know, I mean, yeah, everybody expects the white Cybertronian jet or a Macross jet, but the fact is, they took what was always considered one of the coolest of the jets when I was growing up as a kid mm-hmm. and made it into a cool looking figure. Yeah, and I and I have to like that. And they and they took the added step on some, on some of the. I don't know if they do it on all of them, but the one from um, Dark of the Moon made it so it can combine with Optimus Prime. That was a cool feature. That's one of those things. It's like okay. These guys are taking chances. They're yeah. They may not be ex- as aesthetically pleasing as some of the other figures are, but they're still well designed, well engineered, and there's some that I just find definitely on my on my shelves along with some of the uh, some of the older ones. Sure, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's what you like. Exactly, and, and that's that, and and that's what just makes it so fun is that you know, like I, I've I, I've said this so many times on podcasts where my my listeners are probably like uh, just kind of rolling their eyes, but but in in Transformers, I mean, there's something for everybody, and I think that's what makes it kind of special. Yeah, and and as I said, it's like I I don't understand why some people get mad because you don't like it in the way they like it. With yeah. any genre, with any fandom or hobbydom or what have you. You know, I I love the IDWs more than Meet the Eye series. Oh sure, I thought it was probably one of the best and our best um, comic book series I've read in a long time. Mm-hmm. I'm actually going through and I'm I've been buying all the collected works because I didn't read the main line as much, but the the, the more than Meet the Eye was brilliant. And I'm going to say something that some people think is just blasphemy: mm-hmm. how they treated Megatron was probably the best portrayal of the character I've ever seen. Yeah. And because it touched upon the roots that they set up in the in the old store old stories of what he originally was trying for. Mm-hmm. And that they made him more than just a mustache twirling villain. And exactly. It, and I, I actually felt bad when the series ended and you see well you are implied at what his final fate is. Correct. And you part of going, okay, we know he did this. But did he deserve that? Yeah, and and it and it makes it very thought provoking on terms of like you know rehabilitation and you know just uh I mean again more than meets the eye and lost light are just rich with those mature themes and so I. I was getting those books because I'm a Transformers fan, but there there was a time where I stepped back and I was like, even if I wasn't 
into Transformers, I would love this series because it's excellent science fiction. Um, exactly. And it does what good sci-fi is supposed to do. It's like, you know, it takes these abstract characters and uses that as a lens to look at what's going on in society and make you think about a thing or two. And what what I enjoy the most about that run of comics is just how how progressive they are, you know, and how it's it's really kicked the door open for, you know, a, a, an entire uh, arm of the fandom that looks nothing like us, you know, and and exactly. I I just I love that I love being a part of this fandom and sharing that fandom. Yeah, and and the fact of the matter is, I one of the things I also liked, and I'm kind of sad about it, but um, I'm glad to see companies like MMC take take care of it. Is you, yeah. they didn't follow just what the toy line does, which is what in the, like the main storyline, and of course the comic or the cartoons and stuff they had to push what the figure or what toy was coming out. And I, let's be honest, I, I'm not trying to be cynical or anything, but what they did, but at Lost Light, no, they, they, there's figures that we'll probably never see yeah. based on characters in there. And, but it was the characters I liked. And yeah, there's, there's, there's stuff there that some people may not like because it doesn't fit with their vision of what everything is. But the fact is yeah. it, it answered questions that kind of needed answering. Mm-hmm. And, it made sense. And it's like, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah, there's people that go, well, robots don't have gender anyway, for example. And it's like, they sort of do. Yeah. I mean, they, they kind of introduce that and stuff. And it's like, and if they're these sentient beings that have been shown in the past to not be just pure logic, they're going to have emotional reactions and it's not just negative. Ones. Right. So you have to, you have to roll with that. And it's, if you see characters that are considered quote both quote unquote male and they care about each other and love each other, it's like, you know what? It fits. Yeah. They don't, it's like, it's not like there was many fembots when all this stuff started. And now there's, I mean, they're spending it, which is great. Yeah. But it's like, you know, and it's for example, one of the things I always saw was some of the more subtle touches was the fact that you kind of get to realize that these characters, you think there's these all for lack of a better term, masculine gung-ho fighting robots mm-hmm. don't see themselves as guys. Right, yeah. For example, you look at you look at Cyclonus or even better, World, mm-hmm. they consider their their avatars were female. Correct. Right. Which which you I mean you don't know if they're female or if they feel they're female. It's just it was who they, they felt they were being who they were supposed to be. Exactly. And I and I like that. Yeah. And and again, I just I, you know, and and just one thing is just like a quick PSA for for other uh, uh, folks listening out there. You know, I I personally sing the praises of more than meets the eye um, constantly. It's, you know, outside of the the 86 movie, it's probably my favorite Transformers fiction. And but I, uh, you know, I've, I've got a buddy, uh, Aaron, uh, one of the hosts from uh, the Autopod Decepticast. He's uh, he, he's recently kind of gone back from the start of, you know, kind of the, the phase two of uh, of the IDW comics, you know, with kind of like the parallel series of uh, robots in disguise and more than meets the eye. And he, you know, through through our interactions, I keep being reminded that, 
you know, R.I.D. was really good. Also, that uh, that's uh, don't don't sleep on that series. There's a there's a lot of intrigue and subtlety and nuance and 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 just as as progressive of storytellings too. I mean, I mean, shoot, I mean, they 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 uh, portray uh, Thundercracker as a a struggling screenwriter, which I I just I yeah. think is like one of the coolest uh, uh, character turns that that is a lot of fun. You could get a lot of material out of that. Yeah, I actually, as I said, I've been collecting the collected IDW books, mm-hmm. which basically puts the entire, both series and the miniseries in the preferred reading order. So, oh, so that's all in there. Which is great. so you're getting mm-hmm. the big ones then, like like the like the, I'm getting the big ones. Oh, very cool. I I would love to read it like that because like I I read everything off of the shelf, and you know I've got a couple trades, uh, you know, like the that I got autographs on, but uh, but yeah, for the most part, I read it kind of like as it happened. So it would be kind of cool to to go back in, you know, kind of IDW's quote unquote uh, preferred reading order to kind of try to experience it that way. Yeah, it's it's actually it does flesh things out a lot and they're not perfect. I actually, one of the, one of the volumes I got is missing about three pages. Um, it was a printing error. So I had to break down and buy one of the, one of the trades of it to complete it. But Mm. in general, it's, it's great. The only thing that stinks is the fact that they're just releasing them so slowly. And I know we're getting towards the end of the original run or the original run before they did the reboot earlier this year, or was it late last year? And yeah. so I know they're kind of having to let this finish out or try to get things going for as long as possible, keep everything going. But it's like, come on, we're getting towards the good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 mm-hmm. but again, the, the early stuff is really good also, but yeah, you're right. It, it really, it really heats up, uh, uh, towards the end of the run there. And you know what, Mike, I, I could, uh, I could chat, comics and transformers and all of that stuff with you is uh as much as the day is long uh but um i think we should probably kind of cap things off uh for now uh just uh you know uh uh, because yeah, like like I said, we we could talk for literally hours. Um, so uh, so before we part ways for now, um, could you let folks know uh, uh uh where we can connect with you on the internet and uh what uh what social medias we can connect with you on out there on the interwebs? Okay, well I I'll be quite honest, I don't use as much as the social media as I once did because I've just. I've kind of really realized it's not the best of places to make yourself stay sane. True. Um, <laughs> however, <laughs> on the Facebook, I do have uh, Michael Michael Scott Robinson, my personal um, profile. I also am on the uh, Pacific Northwest Transformers group. I am in Atomic Mariachi Robots group, which is done by um, Magnus, mm-hmm. pardon me. And I'm in a couple other Transformer-related groups, and I'm in... Actually, one one group that's I don't there's not many people in it, but it's one of the oldest groups in, that I've been on was what I, what we call the SW One group, which is Star Wars Chat Room One from the Yahoo Messenger days. Oh, cool! We all found each we all found each other on Facebook, and we all get together and we still talk occasionally about Star Wars. But rule number one of Star Wars Chat Room was you don't talk about Star Wars, right? So we just talk to <laughs> each other, and that's mainly where you can see me. Um, I I I'd say show I'd show you my YouTube channel, but it's literally only got three videos. Okay, and they were basically some Team Fortress Two stuff I did. I I don't have as big of a presence. I'm on Instagram, but I don't do much on that either. Honestly, the best way to get in touch with me is just through Facebook. Okay, 
Very cool. And I, because I, I know you've been uh, in, in those groups that we just talked about on Facebook, you know, you've been posting uh, teaser images of, you know, the various uh, blue light specials. And, you know, uh, I, I'm looking at a, a picture of a, a queen size bed full of blind bags and, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, a big smiling face with, uh, with your awesome Aloha shirt. And uh, that's, that, that's awesome. So, yeah, uh, don't miss Mahalo Mike's blind bag bonanza at Sidefest Northwest again that is happening this Saturday uh, July 27th at the Kent Commons Community Center right across the street from uh, the showware center that is going to be um, a whole lot of fun and again uh, if, if you find yourself by uh, Mahalo Mike's table just yeah just uh, just uh, enjoy the stories it's it's uh, it, it, it's a really fun time and it was really for me one of one of my big highlights of uh, going to Sidefest uh, Northwest last year because it was ju- it was just something unexpected I was like oh hey you know it's blind bags all right this is cool and and yeah it was just 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 great fun so so good on you for finding a way to make it happen again this year as I said thank you for giving me basically the kick in the pants to do it <laughs> you know I'll be honest with you Mike I had no idea that I I was influential in that I was just singing your praises and giving you a shout out so so yeah hey, I, you know if I, if I want to get more praises I gotta do it again <laughs> <laughs> there it is there it is. <laughs> Well, Mike, this has been an absolute pleasure uh, uh, getting to know you and hearing your stories and, of course, talking about uh, the Blind Bag Bonanza um, at, uh, at Sidefest. And before, uh, before we part ways for now, any, uh, any uh, parting thoughts you'd like to share with the audience that we may not have touched on yet? I just, as I said, just, you know, respect other people and how they follow their fandom. Mm-hmm. There's no wrong answers in this. There's no guidebook. And just enjoy yourself absolutely well you know and it's kind of like the the uh, gospel of will wheaton you know uh don't be a dick (laughs) yeah so very cool all right well uh uh mike thank you so much for taking the time to jump on with me here for this uh this uh, special uh, side fest extravaganza podcast and we'll uh we'll see you on saturday okay all righty i'll be waiting all right cool have a have a great night man we'll uh we'll talk again soon You take care, and because I got to say it, mahalo. You've been listening to the Mike Seibert Radio Podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching at Mike Seibert Radio. Email us at MikeSeibertRadio at gmail.com. The spelling on that, of course, is S-E-I-B-E-R-T. Call into the voicemail hotline at 231-224-MIKE. Once again, that's 231-224-6453. Special thanks to Michael Geisler for our theme music. For more like it, check out ByDoorMusic.com. This has been a Mike Seibert Radio Production.